You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I will ride with this group. Seriously, man. Please. And away we go. It's a feedback Friday on Purple Daily. Phil Judd, executive producer Declan with his Degeneration X t-shirt on today. Rumble week, baby. Break Rumble it down. weekend. <laughs> Break it down. God, I'm so excited. It's going to be great, Judd. Do you want to come oh, over? I you can come over to my house. No, no, I, I got plans. Saturday? No, I can't. I got huh? uh, Saturday. Well, no, I'm going to be at the Wild Game. Dude, no, the, the Wild Game. Well, why do you need to go Wild Game I'm going to be at the Wild Game because I got to see this team right into the grave. <laughs> That's how the sports coroner does things. Like, I don't I don't just sports ride coroner. With... Yeah, I'm a sports <laughs> coroner. It's a part-time job. <laughs> When I got to bury this, I got to make sure they get buried. I got to do stuff. Eight o'clock fa- face off the end of time of death. Bury. Time of death. P-O-D. Yes. January yeah. 27th, 1030 p.m. Central well, Time. Yep. Actually, that was last night. That's oh, wait, exactly no, right. oh, wait, no. Hold on a second. No, oh, they no, scored no. score two goals. Clear, clear. <laughs> the paddles. No, I'm sports <laughs> corner. And uh, you know what? It's, Saturday for me is a great day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Hockey day in Minnesota. That's right, it is. Oh, that's day. this Saturday. That's okay. this Saturday, and it's uh, been War around. Road, right, we're doing War yeah. Road this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and it's been around for so long. I mean, I think it started in two thousand seven. It, it's been around for so long in the state of hockey, which has also been around for so long since two thousand. Just so great, great I, memories as a child. I had a blast doing it, but probably one of legitimately the hardest working environments I ever had to do was when I covered it in Bemidji in twenty nineteen. Oh. I believe uh. with. Hockey magazine, um, and it was negative thirty five with wind right. And because Bemidji is like, I mean, that's a little bit better hotel infrastructure than World, but not like obviously World's better. So Greenway was one of the teams that was playing that weekend, and instead of ha- booking a hotel room, the entire city of Greenway, I'm not kidding you, had ice shacks and they stayed on Lake Bemidji. Oh wow! They did not get a hotel. There was fifty to hundred awesome. ice shacks. Just that's on awesome Lake Bemidji, and that's where all the parents stayed. It was amazing. It was really that's cool, right. and no one was sober, which they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Do people awesome. do people do people do that for like Airbnbs? Like, could you put an ice house on a lake up north and then charge yeah. like a hundred bucks I mean, a night? I, I I jokingly told you guys about not jokingly. I told you about the Cooperstown thing I saw for for Cooperstown on a Hall of Fame tent, weekend, where it's tent a tent in the woods. It's a tent in the woods with a generator in the tent and like camping level showers that are just off site it's you and dave winfield in a tent for six thousand dollars a night be great um let's talk some vikings here presented by our friends at quick trip in fact if you're gonna road trip your way up to like bemidji mm-hmm. or war road or anywhere you're probably gonna run into some quick trips be great for you and right there there are, are some of the delicious selections that you can get a quick trip i've been talking about their quality gas guarantee but i'd also like to talk about what you are looking at right there which is the take-home meals and this is the, the nice part if you're driving home from work you got to stop and get gas get a few things guess what quick trip just made meal time a lot easier for you let me run through some uh, some of the potential options here chicken bacon mac and cheese fettuccine alfredo with grilled chicken spicy chicken penne mac and cheese, spaghetti and meatballs. In other words, Quick Trip is not just a place to get your gasoline. Quick Trip is not just a place to get a quick bite to eat. Yeah, you can do those things, but it's also a place to get breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Quick Trip serving you. And of course, we appreciate their support of Purple Daily. Amen. Okay, we uh, we devote every Friday show live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click that like button, subscribe button. We devote it to you guys. We take as many of your questions and comments and hot takes your reckless speculation, and we uh, we start with Southern Exile here. I thoroughly enjoyed the free agency ideas that you guys kicked around earlier in the week. My question is, are we two studs in the trenches away from being back in the mix? The two guards you mentioned in free agency, uh, Dotson was one of them, 
Hunt from the Dolphins was another one too. Mm-hmm. One of those guards could move our O-line from good to great. One of the reasons the Lions are good on offense because the O-line is for real in pass protection and running. Maybe we're just one great guard away from being close and on that level. I mean, it is a weak link position, right? And um, well, then he goes into the defensive side and says, if we get a stud right. defensive tackle in free agency, <laughs> Flores might have the part he's missing to take the defense up another notch. The Kirk conundrum and quarterback situation remains, but if you solve those two positions, what does that do for the Vikings in the trenches? Well, I mean, it definitely helps. And and look, as much as a guard, and we've been pushing for a guard on various permeations of the show for a long time, as much as that, that helps, uh, the defensive tackle, to me, is an absolute, no pun intended, huge thing because, like, the middle of their line is just weak. Um, I think it makes you competitive. Here's my question. Does it make you competitive for a Super Bowl, or does that just take you up to potentially being a playoff team again? Like, I guess my whole thing is this is a perfect time to look at how you put yourself, how you position yourself for a Super Bowl run, a real playoff run. Um, so my question is this. Do you want do you want the potential short-term short sugar high that we got in 2022, which is a lot of fun. I'm not even putting that down. But it didn't lead anywhere ultimately on the with a long play or do you want to you know reset a little bit here and take a look at building this thing up and getting the parts in place to pursue a super bowl championship when your window opens in let's say two years it's not going to be that it's not gonna be five years that's my question and i i personally would prefer prefer door two because i've seen we've all seen as vikings fans a ton of the first door. Like we've all seen this team has been, been competitive and they make a playoff run or, or they make the playoffs and then they don't make a run. So I guess my feeling is let's solve some of the long-term problems here. But isn't, wouldn't, we're not talking about signing 32 year old trenches players here. We're talking about like 26, 27 year old first time free agent players. If you were to sign and we went over a bunch of these names, you know, Matt Abuike and, Kevin Dotson mm-hmm. on the offensive side, if they were to sign a 26 and a 27-year-old to multi-year contracts, that doesn't just help you. In two, that's not just a run-it-back thing for 2024. Those guys would be under contract for, let's say, three years of, of guarantees. I actually think it could help both. I mean, you got to spend free agency money. It's not like baseball where you can just like not well, spend money. You have to spend to a certain amount. So are you bringing- spending on 26-year-olds in the trenches, there's, you know, I'm in. Are- are you bringing Cousins and Hunter back as well, though? Because that, that's going to eat into your cap. I guess my question is, is this plan to, like, draft a quarterback? Is this plan to spend on a guard, bring Cousins back, bring Daniil yeah, back? Okay. But if you, if, you, if, you say, if you say goodbye to Cousins, let's say Cousins goes to the Falcons, it gives you even more financial freedom this year and especially beyond. Absolutely. Because really, like, if you bring Cousins back, you'd Absolutely. be doing it in part to, like, push more money into the future. But if you decide not to do that, your 2025 cap situation is wide open. You can mm-hmm. start filling that wide open space okay. with free agents you sign this year. So you could you could draft Jaden Daniels. And while he steps into this car, oh, by the way, we have a stud left guard in free agency and a stud defensive tackle in free agency right. using the money that we didn't use on Kirk Cousins. And I, I could, you could still bring back Daniel Hunter even if you don't bring back Kirk Cousins. Okay, I... I I assumed that in the scenario he was painting that he meant Kirk was coming back. So, yes, if you don't bring Kirk back, th- that opens the door for a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. yes, I am all on I'm all on board for going to get a guard trying to bring back Hunter and draft a well, you, you'd have to draft a quarterback then. I guess I just see, see this probably as far as trying to fill these pieces playing out o- over a couple of years, which I'm fine with. But I thought the original point was Kirk was coming back, too. So. Little Absolutely. little tease for Purple Daily on draft, which by the way is going to launch a day earlier. It's going to launch on Sunday because we're set, or Forno is going down to Mobile to watch the Senior Bowl. So no Purple Daily on draft on Monday. It's going to launch this Sunday. We had a juicy live mock draft that we played out where we actually traded back just four spots. I know there's some trade back, you know, wow. a, a fear. We commuted extra second round picks, and we got two big defensive linemen and a future quarterback all within our first 45 selections. Wow! So you guys moved back. Move back move four back. spots. With the it's funny because like moving time. back is hardly a conversation that anyone is having, mm-hmm. and we still have like three months of draft lead up conversation. But that is a if you don't think you can move into the top three 
and now you're now you're reaching for a quarterback at 11 moving back might be the play i mean we moved back in our simulation on was it monday show or tuesday oh, yeah. show and we it still wound up with dallas turner yep. at like mm-hmm. 15 so uh daniel hicks chimes in and says i'm following the harbaugh to the chargers news many vikings fans have deemed the koc hire a massive failure already I've never heard a definitive reason on why the Vikings passed on Harbaugh for KOC. There's been a lot of speculation, much of it reckless about this. But here's my here's here's my bullet point takeaway from this. One, I think he got here to take the job. And he's Jim Harbaugh, so he came in. All right, I'm going to be the. Here's what we're going to And I think they probably started to ask questions, right? Like, what's your philosophy? What's this? Here's what I'm going to do with this team. And I got this job. And I think that that I do. I think that they didn't like that. The other thing is like it or not. They didn't like what? Like, that's what I want to know. They didn't like the fact that he assumed the job. He thought that he was coming here to be named coach. They're like, no, no, no. This is an interview. And I think Quazy, who's friends with Jim, might have painted it as, oh, yeah, you got a great chance. Just, just come on in. Yeah, if you yeah. can just impress a couple of the Don't shoot the wills. messenger here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he was wrong. I'm just saying I think he came in with a presumption that if I make that, if I get on that plane, I'm coming back with a contract to coach mm-hmm. the Vikings. I think that they're also, while Quazy definitely, I think, liked him and likes him and probably would have hired him, I think that there was a feeling coming off Zimmer and the culture that a lot of people were going to have their hand in the stew there. They were going to be stirring the stew, right? And there were people that run the business operations, not football ops, who Zimmer definitely rubbed the wrong way. And I think that those people were important in the say of, oh, Kevin O'Connell's a very friendly guy. Kevin O'Connell comes off, again, don't shoot the messenger. I'm not saying this. I'm saying this is my interpretation. And so at the end of the day, I think Harbaugh was like, oh, hold on a second. So I don't have the... The job, and I do think that there were some people in the in the front office again, probably not football operations people, that were very leery of what they saw from Jim because he's a super intense dude and he's a footbally football guy. Yeah, and and they preferred the softer touch, which, by the way, in sports is always how it seems to go. You always hire the opposite of the last guy. Well, but I mean, any anyone, and I'm not killing the messenger here, but anyone with the Vikings or anyone that's comparing Mike Zimmer and Jim Harbaugh in terms of culture building and like getting along with players, especially now, I think based on how things ended in San Francisco and even based on some of the tumultuous stuff with the Michigan athletic department, Harbaugh builds and Boone has told these stories a million times. Harbaugh yes. builds a cult-like culture among the players. Like, listen to 95% of players who played for Jim Harbaugh would literally take a bullet for that guy. That's that's what he builds, and he's very creative in the way that he does it. He's 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 all about family and like just the unique and creative ways that he gets people to buy in. But sometimes he does it at the expense of the higher ups, where it's right. us in this room against everybody. Let's go to war. And everybody doesn't just mean media or naysayers. It's general manager or ownership or athletic director. But I would say if there are people in the Vikings organization that thought, oh, you know, he's just a little weird or I personally am not going to be able to get along with him as well as a Kevin O'Connell, as opposed to who is the best football coach, I would take issue with that. And the jury is still very much out on Kevin O'Connell. And it's been 10 years since Jim has been coaching in the NFL and things might have changed. So we'll see. But it's the it's the biggest thing that I still worry about just looking back the last two years is that they had Jim Harbaugh in the building and he was going to take this job. And the Vikings said, eh, I don't know. I don't know. The Vikings were the ones that shot him. By the way, Raheem Morris was also, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was a finalist, but he was like in the building and interviewing. We like he was one of the three finalists, yeah, and he just took the Falcons' job. They hired Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick. So we're going to get to see here, starting in 2024, the other two pretty much finalists next to Kevin O'Connell have both gotten NFL coaching jobs, and we'll see how that plays out. Now, I haven't done this in a while, and I would hope I actually don't have to do it anytime in the near future, necessarily, but when Jim Harbaugh walked in there and you know he thinks he has the job, he probably loves job interviews. I love job interviews. I think job interviews are fun. 
I think they're a blast. People get really uptight and nervous about them. I get it. I think they're a blast. I think they're legitimately one of the most fun things. I really find them very enjoyable. You're so saying- I really, I really do wonder what happened there though with Harbaugh and the assumption, and then also just that whole interview process. I, it is very interesting to me. I would love to know more what happened. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Somebody chimes in here. Let me find this so I can pop this up. Because uh, uh, Someone chimed in and said Harbaugh would not have worked with Kirk. Why? I don't know. Why do people think that? I think it was more, I, I think it was more of a team president type of thing. I think yeah. that's what, I, I think the fear was that he, that he was going to c- come in. And probably the best word to use is he runs roughshod o- over people including like they they literally wanted someone who would probably call longtime season ticket holders and say we really appreciate you blah 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 and they want to tell that coach hey will you do this and a guy like o'connell is going to say yes right i think the fear was jim jim wouldn't so yes this had look i think with pro players there probably is a a um a timeline on jim but jim harbaugh's proven he can win I think this was far more from the top on down, not not from like the players on down. Yeah. Okay. Jason Meehan says, I'll be turning 45 years old in February. I've been a Vikings fan since the Herschel Walker trade in 1989. I'm also a diehard Michigan fan who was really excited about Jim Harbaugh last year, or two years ago. Maybe. Uh, I was so close to having Jim Harbaugh coach my favorite college team, pro team, and also be on my favorite show, Saved by the Bell. You guys remember Jim yeah. Harbaugh was Screech's, on the... <laughs> yeah, he was Screech's uncle? Was he his uncle? Okay. Cousin? So what? Yes. Cousin. Cousin. Was he his cousin? Dressed, dressed in a full Colts uniform, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the new... It was after, like, Zach Morris and Slater had left, and they but they kept Screech and Mr. Belding on board for, like, the new class. Oh, was it that one? Okay. I think so. I, think so. I thought it was the old one, but... Anyways, he says, uh, Purple Daily is the only thing keeping me from leaving the Vikings. I know true fans wow. have it in their DNA to not be able to switch teams, but I looked up the Chargers hats today online, and I've uh, tried to listen to a Chargers podcast. It was awful. If Kirk is brought back by the Vikings, I'm officially moving on. There's another similar comment here. I'll just read these back to back. Yeah. Min Choi chimes in. We want to debate who's a good fan and who's a bad fan, depending on whether you rooted for a better draft position or not. Well, here's how good of a fan I am. If the Vikings bring back Kirk Cousins without drafting a clear successor, count me out. No more watching games. No more buying merchandise. No more money on the greedy pack of Wilves. I will take a good hard look at the other 31 teams because clearly this franchise has no interest in winning a Super Bowl. And the only way they'll listen is if we leave. Once they're done with this idiotic plan that's been failing since 2018, I will consider coming back. I can't take another year of the same discussion about Kirk Cousins. This is it for me. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. Fans are like ready to leave the Vikings. You know, you know after all that, that this franchise, depending on, on, of course, how long you've been a fan of them, after all they put you through, is this really going to be it? Like, yes, the Cousins thing I could see. It's frustrating at times. But, like, is this really? Like, this team has ripped your heart out. Like, literally reached into your chest cavity and ripped your heart out multiple times in multiple ways. I'm surprised, like, this is the breaking point. Yeah. Aren't you? It's not, too. I guarantee. <laughs> Min, Min Choi, all due respect. And who was the first commenter? Jason, you guys are full of crap. If the Vikings, the Vikings are going to sign Kirk to a three-year ironclad contract, then you'll you be really watching out? every single game. Are you really just like, <laughs> that's it, that's it, you know and what? And they know, the Wills know it too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing about, about them as well. And I this might sound crazy, 
or might not, but they want to win. Like they think, I, I don't think the, I don't think the Wilfs ever do something like if anything, I think their fault is they are too focused on the short term because they want to win so bad. I've never, I've never seen them make moves and thought they're bailing. They care. They definitely care. Right. So like, that's not the reason to be mad. There are, there are reasons to be mad at times, but it's not, you know, they're not cheap. There's a, there's a cap. They pay their coaching staff a boatload of money. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Mitch Johnson says, don't backpedal and get whiny about trading up and possibly missing. Sounds like you have ponder remorse. I think he's talking to me here, which you always preach to everyone else. The Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, and we're not getting closer to going to a Super Bowl again the way this organization operates. I would rather take a big swing just to possibly have an opportunity to build a Super Bowl team. This goes back to our, it was one of our conversations this week about moving up for a quarterback, and we had a couple of those conversations. Yes. So, And I kind of pushed back at, hey, are we sure that moving up and giving up multiple future first round picks is the best way to build this roster. Like, listen, I'm all for getting uh, trading up for a Jaden Daniels or a Drake may would be something. This organization has literally never done before. Like they've never moved up aggressively to get their quarterback in the future. So I'm, I'm in on that. My point was this is a deep quarterback draft. The people that do this for a living and the people that study the prospects, right? There's six quarterbacks that could go in the first two rounds of this draft. Six. Are you that sure that giving up, let's say, two future first-round picks for Jaden Daniels is better than keeping those future first-round picks and taking Bo Nix later? That's my only question, is you better be damn sure that there is a Grand Canyon gap between the guy you're moving up for and the capital you're giving up versus the guy that you could have had by maybe trading back or just trading back like from the second round up into the first round. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And it's and, and it sounds like that might be the case. So yes, exactly. Like if you are convinced that that this that there are three studs at quarterback and it ends with Jaden Daniels, like he is the last stud. And and then yes, I I would make the trade. And if they're not, they just they won't. Like I'm I'm not concerned there. Um, but I also get very concerned about how it's portrayed at times where there's like six quarterbacks that could go in, in the first round. We've heard that before. And then it's like, oh, oh, well, there were really three. So that's where if there are really three and you can get one of those three, that's where I would give up a large portion of my future to, to try and get that guy. And, you know, the, to the listeners comment about having ponder, like they took ponder at, at 11, right? I believe it was pick 11 pick 11 or 12. 11, 12 yeah. yeah and that was that wasn't trading up that was a reach beyond reaches you know they they were terrified ah we'll take a quarterback we'll He's take not going to be there later yeah yeah so and and this process of no we've identified call him jade and daniels or quarterback x and they want to get up to get him that process in my opinion it, that's completely different than yeah having a quarterback class that has gabbert and ponder etc but it's different too in that you better be damn sure if you're going to give up because you could sit at 11 or go backwards or wait until the second round and get Penix or Knicks and not have to give up future first-round picks that you could then use on an yeah. edge rusher next year and whatever. If you're like, sure, sure. You know? So how can you be that sure? In, in a draft process where even the 49ers front office, which is one of the top two or three smartest front offices in the league, they were that sure about Trey Lance, and they were wrong. And it didn't it didn't derail them because they've built a monster over there. But I just don't know how you can be that sure. But if they do it, all right, let's rock. <laughs> let's do yeah, it. Don't be afraid, Phil. Don't be. I'm afraid. not afraid. I'm just barge right ahead. I'm, I'm just using. I'm just using logic here. Well, the the one big the one good thing is that this draft pick, no matter who it might be, is going to be made by the GM and coach together. And I will say this, in the case of Frazier and Spielman, their agendas were completely different and they were not like that was Rick's pick. Um, In in fact, that's the year that Frazier said, I got to get me a veteran QB. And they traded coming out of the lockout for McNabb. Mm -hmm. So like that was that was one guy's like, I want a young guy. And one guy's like, I don't trust a young guy. Let's get an old guy. And both of them sucked, unfortunately. But um, 
I, I would say the collaborative process here, which always should involve the guy who, who is the coach, is much greater here. Alexander White chimes in and says, you guys have to check out this insane mock draft. I want a mock. Mock. Okay. I want to. <laughs> Sounds good. We'd love to. So this is from FoxSports.com. This came out yesterday. The author is Bob Rang, NFL draft analyst, Bob. Yeah, I've heard of him. Oh, yeah. See what Bob has to say. So he's got the Bears taking Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. He's got the Commanders taking Drake May. And then he's got the Patriots taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. Standing Pat taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Interesting. But no one to throw him the football. Okay. Cardinals taking Nate Wiggins, the cornerback from Clemson, at four. Chargers taking Brock Bowers, Georgia tight end. At six, the Giants take Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver. And then the Titans take Roma Dunze, the Washington wide receiver, at seven. Interesting. Atlanta Falcons at eight take Jared Verse, edge rusher from Florida State. Bears take Joe Alt, the offensive tackle, Minnesota guy from Notre Dame. Nice pick. You're noticing who's falling here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets at 10 take Olu Fashano, the tackle from Penn State. Okay. And that puts the Vikings on the clock at 11, where they select, according to Bob from FoxSports.com. Football. Bob. <laughs> the Vikings take... Out of LSU, quarterback, Jaden Daniels. I want a mock! Mock! All right. Bob just committed what I what I consider, especially now, to be a cardinal sin of mocking and eliminates him from mock credibility. Wow. Sorry, Bob. You, and I Geek bitched about guy. this a year ago, and I'll bitch about it again. You cannot do that without making trades in your own mock. You think, yeah, like, this is, this is, I'm with you on this. Bob, come Bob. on, Bob. Come on, Bob. So, if Jaden Daniels falls to 11, wouldn't it mean that the Vikings don't love Jaden Daniels? Right? Like, if well, Jaden, if, yeah, yeah, if Jaden Daniels I, I falls to 11, yes, the Vikings don't yes. love Jaden Daniels. Yes. Yes. And, but, but let's say Jaden Daniels, let's say, like, those first three picks get, get squirrely. Get a little bit weird. You're telling me Jaden Daniels, who is considered, I think, consensus-wise, the third best quarterback in the draft, is just going to fall past that. That means every team in the league didn't really like Jaden Daniels. It seems like no it, would, it would then maybe be a reach at that point. Well, in some way, but Bob, it's a reach by Bob <laughs> to put out to sit down and put out what I consider to be Bob. a lazy mock draft. Bob, wow, Bob. you're calling those are fighting words. You're calling All Bob due respect, lazy. Bob. You gotta, dude. You can't drop Jaden Daniels to eleven and not have trades. You can't. You know, let me let me see what he wrote. Let's see what he wrote here. I closed this out, but he does have write ups. He wrote, "I got to get to bed, so I'm doing this quickly." <laughs> wow. Oh, I forgot Jaden. Dan- I'm just, I, I, I'm done with people who drop guys significantly and don't make trades. Done with. So, them. so Bob says the Vikings have a big decision coming on Kirk Cousins, who will be a free agent recovering from an Achilles. The Vikings don't have to take a quarterback. But if the Heisman Trophy winning Daniels is still on the board, it would be hard to pass up the opportunity to pair him with Justin Jefferson. A lot, just a lot of vague ifs there, Bob. Come, Bob. 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 What about Bob? Come on, guy. Yep. Quinn from Chicago says, following up on Judd's Arizona Highway talk the other day, what if we introduce a new five-minute weekly segment called Judd's Infrastructure Rundown where he <laughs> highlights exciting new and interesting projects from around the world like roads, bridges, tunnels, and much more. Could be educational. I like that idea. Well, I'd like to expand it too, though, with my plans for things. Road construction, for instance, projects. I've, I've talked about this before. But, yes, I would love to do something on infrastructure, when it should be done, what should be done, and then update you on, you know, when when freeways are expanded. 494, for instance, really should be bigger. Really should be bigger. You know, I thought they expanded it like 15 or 20 years ago. They did. 
They did, but it they, under, be... they underestimated the population boom in the South Metro. To me, it's the it's the worst clog. Yep. It, yeah, that four ninety four thirty five W clog yep. is by far. The, I will avoid that like the plague if I don't have to drive over there. It's my opinion that in this in this town we do not have traffic jams like we call them traffic jams. But think about unless there's an accident, how many times do you actually have to like stop in, in traffic? Four ninety four. You do, which is why I can consider it to be terrible. But drive into like Chicago, right? Los Angeles. You literally can turn your car off. In Minnesota, you're almost always rolling, which I appreciate. I'm not complaining about that. 494, though, problems. See, there it is. That was just a little sampling of the new segment where Judd's, uh, Judd's infrastructure rundown will be featured here going forward. Thank you, Quinn from Chicago. Uh, Michael Turbax says, I want to start this off by saying I truly enjoy the content you guys produce. But when will you guys start talking about the biggest underlying issue facing the Vikings? Whoa, let's hear it. The Wilfs ownership. This upcoming season will be the Wilfs 20th season owning the team. And in that time period, the Vikings have made the playoffs only seven times and have only three playoff wins. One of those wins came from a miracle. Two NFC Championship games in two decades, and truly only one of those games they had a chance to win. The Wilfs are content being competitive every year, yet we've only made the playoffs in 35% of their ownership time and advanced only three times. It, it, and they've only made the playoffs back-to-back right. nope. years nope. once nope. since 2000? Nope. Okay, here's my dime store theory on that. I think content is the wrong word. I'm going to use a word that's going to sound very abrasive here, but I don't mean it to be. I I mean this as a sports therapist, talking to Ziggy, Mark, Lenny, the kids, all of you, who come in the locker room after games. I prefer you didn't, but that's cool. Um, they're delusional. They delude themselves into believing. You see, I, I think that in, in having covered them as football people, okay, I'm not talking outside because I don't know a thing about them outside football, but in having covered them as football people, I don't think they're content. I don't think that they're like, let's just, like, yes, they're beyond rich. They've gotten great de- deal on, on the stadium. They've maximized their business dealings as football owners. Mm-hmm. But I really, truly believe, call me crazy, they want a Super Bowl more than anybody. But they're delusional in how they're going to get it. That's how I would describe them. I would describe them as being, because they think, and they have always thought, and they won't change it. And I don't think the majority of people that work for them have the guts to say this. Look, your Giants were a great story. But that's, that is a one-off. It's the outlier. Phil, you, you've gone through that list. You've it's gone through outlier. that list. But they, but they did it twice. The Giants did it. Yeah. I know as an as an outlier twice. But I think we call them content. Like, well, they're just rich and they just they just count their their cash. I think they want to win really bad. They are huge, huge I football agree. fans. I agree. I think they're delusional about how to get there, and this is why the plan of this show, I think, often talks about how do you get there because it takes some pain, and I don't think they ever want to put up with the pain. And that's the state of how I think all four of the men's major sports ownership groups go about things. We talked about this actually last night at the Twins Diamond. Like, the Twins do a phenomenal job in the community. Like, they do some really good stuff. I'm not saying it it absolves them of their on-the-field product, but they go about things in a certain way that is different than the Vikings and the Wolves and the Wild, and they're able to build up some of that. And they can also take some criticism really well, right? Like, the Polad family gets... Let's be honest, they take a lot of crap from a lot of people, and they're just kind of able to brush it off because they've had two World Series championships before. But it, it it always interests me, like, even with Leopold, who's more of, like, a real fan owner. Like, he is a true fan. He's crumpling his paper in the suite, and he has the TV set up. I just, I just find all the dynamics of how all four of those ownership groups kind of just go about their business and also external business in very different ways. And then you got Glenn. Then you have Glenn Taylor. His little sweaters. I, I left that out for a side. Yeah. But the, I know you did, but I couldn't. <laughs> I think with the Wilfs, one last thing on this is, yeah. yes, there's 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 certain things that they get they get stuck on this idea that if you just get in with nine wins or ten wins, anything can happen in the tournament, 
And we know that historically that is not true. We, we know when we did the math on this last week that 57 Super Bowls, I believe it is, and all but like six of the winners have had point differentials of 75 plus 75 or more in the regular season. The Vikings almost never hit a plus 75 point differential. 2019 they did, 17 they did, 09 and 98. So only three times, like only three times in the Wilf ownership history have the Vikings hit that plus 75 regular season point differential where you are dominant enough to be considered an actual Super Bowl contender, right? Yep. Um, but that being said, be careful what you wish for getting rid of ownership groups because unlike getting rid of a quarterback, if you make a mistake, like quarterbacks age out and you're going to have to replace them at some point anyways, you just on to the next, on to the next. Yep. If a bad ownership family takes root, like Daniel Snyder, you can't get rid of Daniel Snyder very easily. Yeah. It took like 25 Carolina. years. Yeah, Carolina, good it's luck like with David that. David Tepper. That yeah. guy's an idiot. Yes. Like a football owner idiot. He became right. a billionaire of being smart in some other way. I hear you. Uh, before we get to Brad in Maple Grove and a couple other great feedback topics here, boys, let's talk about our friends at Livia, helping Purple Daily listeners lose weight to start 2024. Absolutely. You know what? It's winter. You're probably inside quite a bit and now you're looking at this picture if you're watching this right now and you're thinking who is that is that sports dad well absolutely down 40 pounds how livia weight control centers help me get there and they're going to help you as well in fact they're going to help you get rid of those extra pounds now so come spring you're going to be feeling fit trim be looking great and they're going to help you keep the weight off and i buried the lead because the best news is this you're going to get the first three months for free that's right three months for free imagine that you're dropping weight three months for free are you kidding me sign you up right well it's this simple 855 go l-i-v-e-a livia.com livia l-i-v-e-a.com you will see the results and you will love them you'll say thank you sports dad for telling me Hey, what do we got brewing on Underdog Fantasy for Championship Weekend here, Dex? Championship Sunday. Let's let's take a look at the uh, Ravens and Chiefs Football. game, and let let's ride some touchdown passes here. Let let's ride one and a half touchdown passes for both Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Ooh. We have a little boost even on the Shoot Lamar out. Jackson one, so we can we can even get a little extra on that payout. You can uh, you can make this pick with me. It's in the YouTube comment section, or you can fade the pick. Hell. I recommend fading the pick most times that I give you at Underdog Fantasy. And, of course, new users, if you're signing up for the first time, uh, you'll be able to get a mystery pick special. You can kind of add to those touchdown props that I just selected as well using promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and then show us those winning slips. Show us how Dex Tweet should be going about things. Underdog Fantasy with all those right pick slips. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. And our friends at Ballard's Resort are here to help you look ahead to summer already. So if you're looking for a great fishing getaway, maybe with family, with friends, maybe it's a bachelor party or celebrating something else, go to Ballard's Resort on Lake of the Woods, which is right on the south shore of Lake of the Woods where the Rainy River flows into this glorious, massive lake, that Canadian border water and air and great fishing. In fact, this is the walleye capital of the world we're talking about. Go catch yourself a 10-pound walleye with the help of a U.S. Coast Guard licensed guide, full-service bar and restaurant at Ballard's Resort. Dates do fill up fast, so get on it right now. Ballard'sResort.com. That's Ballard'sResort.com. All right, Brad in Maple Grove says, love the show. Self-proclaimed Cousins Crusader here, but I love the opposing viewpoints. See, we can, we can all coexist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. My only and biggest gripe with your agenda of moving on from Kirk. Agenda? I hate the word agenda. He came right it's back a, there. Agenda. He came right back. Yep. Yep. Your is, it, is, is having an opinion an agenda? I don't know. My, my biggest gripe with your agenda of moving on from Kirk and resetting <laughs> is your unwillingness to address that Quasey has shown us nothing to feel confident about his ability to build a roster through the draft from the ground up. One of my biggest reasons to keep Kirk is I don't trust Quasey managing these kinds of decisions. Imagine the mess Quasey could make with a few number ones if we trade JJ at some point. Love the show. Thank you. What do you have to say to Brad Judd that he's willing to move off Kirk, but he doesn't trust Quasey, and therefore it's preventing him from looking into the future? Well, quite simply, I think Brad's agenda is to fire Quasey then. 
Because if that's if that's what he's saying, his his agenda, it, not Brad. so his say it. Say, say it. it, Brad. You want Quazy fired. You want him fired. We know that your agenda now is to get a new GM. But if you I've said this for a month now. If you don't trust him, like like if you're like, well, I just don't don't trust him, then then what's he doing here? Like yeah, if you're I going know, to say you know what, we gotta bring back Kirk. Why? Because we don't trust you to improve at all. Well, then yeah. you should be then crazy should be fired. And I think, well, first of all, he's not getting fired at any point between now and the start of the 2024 season, right? Like Correct. the next checkpoint for Quasi is going to be toward the end of next year. How does how did the draft go? Free agency? How did he handle Kirk? How did he handle all these assets? Daniel Hunter, and then how does the team perform? Mm-hmm. And if the team is kind of sputtering to another seven win season, eight win season, and you know, there's even more draft bust than, okay, there's a, a bigger conversation about Quasi, but he's going to get a third off season in the third year. So all you can do at this point is, is trust him, I guess, and, and no. see what happens. And if they draft a quarterback, it's going to be largely Kevin O'Connell's call. You would think like, that he would have like Quasi's not going yeah. rogue right now. I lock my office door. I'm deciding on the quarterback. <laughs> I'm the quarterback whisperer now. <laughs> I'm the quarterback. Uh, Dylan Pease says, you guys think that this team isn't in a position to go get the quarterback yet? Uh, or don't, okay, he says, don't you guys think this team isn't oh. in a position to get the quarterback yet? If they let Kirk walk, take the defensive tackle in the first round, take a flyer on a quarterback, uh, like a Flacco type, and keep building your roster, mm. you'll still be competitive, but once you build up the trenches, maybe add another quarter, and finally fix the run game, then you trade three firsts for a quarterback versus risking drafting a bust and then having no picks for a roster that needs upgrades. There is a case to be made for I'm th- yeah. if the if Jerzon Newton or an edge rusher is the best by far player available, keep building your team with that first round pick. It is more complicated than just go draft a quarterback no matter Absolutely. what in the first round. Like Absolutely. I think we all agree there, right? Yeah, and I, you know what? If, if there are six quarterbacks that are, are considered potential starters, three of them are studs, and they're all gone, then yeah, it, it it's a good point. Um, do I think the fan base would be pleased? Absolutely not. But if you can get, but if you stand pat at eleven and take an absolute dominant guy that can rush the passer or deep defensive tackle, yes, it makes some sense. Again, the question is, what's the team's goal? The, this is what we don't know. We have no idea. Like, we know that they want to win a Super Bowl. Okay, that's great. But what's the path? Like, we are literally planning a trip across the country, and we know where we're going, but no one has told us yet the means of transportation or the route we're taking. Yeah, if we run into a freeway that doesn't have enough lanes and we have to stop because yeah, there's bad infrastructure. We're, we're going to we... have to stay at the Motel 6. <laughs> we're, we'll leave a light on for you. Judd here for Tom Baudet. Motel 6. Well, Judd and Tom Bodette here for a motel. As long Second. as they have cable, as long as they have cable, I'm in. Cable TV and ceiling fans. Yep. Oh, God, I love a good ceiling fan. I miss ceiling fans. You don't have one in your bedroom? No. No, oh, I have one in my really? I, I Old sleep house. With it. I sleep with one year on year round. Yeah. I've got a fan that I turn on, yeah. but I love a ceiling fan. Yeah, that's great. Because it, you know, it's like the top down. It just gets all oh. the air circulating. You just got to dust that's them great. a lot. You got to dust them a lot. They get very them. dirty. Be careful, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another Bob chimes in here. Bad. You son of a... He says, I cannot for the life of me understand the logic of signing Justin Jefferson to a huge contract when the person he would depend on to throw him the ball hasn't even been identified yet with no quarterback at wide receiver, which is such a position of high injury risk, and especially when there are so many holes on the defense, signing JJ would be stupid. Instead, here's what the Vikings need to do. Hear me out. He's got a multi-phase plan. A lot of confidence here. Bob... He says, sign a cheap, proven veteran as a bridge quarterback. So like a Minshew, a Tannehill. So you'd, yeah. you'd be able to sign those guys for probably like $30 million less without mm-hmm. having to commit for much more than one year. Trade Jefferson to the Chargers for the number five overall pick and a first round pick next year, plus a third this year. We can talk. We can get back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. JJ plus Herbert under Jim Harbaugh. Everybody would be happy. Offense would be explosive. 
Um, and then, and then if you, so now you got the fifth pick, he says, and then he also talks about maybe leveraging that fifth pick in another trade if needed. What do you think about that? Do you, I mean, we've all been kind of just gung ho on signing Justin Jefferson. We did do an episode last week where we kind of broke down. Okay. What if they decided to trade him? So what's his goal with the fifth pick then? Well, let's that? let's start with if the let's say the Chargers who already have their quarterback. Let's say the Chargers were to say, you know what, and they, they're in cap hell right now, so they'd have to find a way to make this work. But we'll give you the number five pick and a future first for Justin Jefferson. Let's just start there. Would you say yes to that? Number five pick, future first. And they're gonna have to pay, and they're gonna be good. So you're you know they're gonna be at least like a probably a nine win team. So you're you'd be getting an extra first round pick in 2025, and it would be somewhere. Yeah. Around the twentieth pick, yeah, I need I need more than that to be, and yeah. I'm not sure that they would do it, but I would need more. What what am I taking with the fifth pick? And that's the question because it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a Jay Daniels, but you could also you could move up then from five to three, much easier. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a really easy trip up the board unless those three teams are guaranteed to take a quarterback. Starting off, I would need more. Okay, so that's just my starting point. Boy, I that would give you four first round picks in the next two years. Yeah. One of them being a top fiver. If it guaranteed me one of the three best quarterbacks and I get three extra first round picks to go along with it between now and the end of next year's draft. And I have Jordan Addison under contract. And the extra cap space that I would get not spending that money. I would need to know um, what if, like, is Jaden Daniels going to fall to five? Is he not? Like, I, I guess I, I would need to suss that out. You, but you won't know. I mean, you won't know. You have to make you have to make the trade no, before be, you know that answer. Absolutely, but I'd be doing a lot of insiding. I'd be doing a lot of working the phones to find out what what might go down. Because again, I'm not convinced. You know. While the odds are the Patriots do take a quarterback, I'm not convinced they absolutely do. They've got a lot of parts that need like they've they would be very smart to get more picks, throw in the towel for 2024 and start to to retool. Belichick did not leave the cupboard in good shape. No, he did not. No. And that's probably some of the hesitancy to because he probably wants a lot of control with whoever he the Falcons are probably like, "Eh, I thought that, too. We just need a coach. And Rich McKay is like, I've been doing this forever. I belong here. And they're like, okay, then we won't hire Bill Belichick. couple more here. Tyler Anderson said, what happened to weekend statements? That's how I became a fan of this show. I know you guys adjust on segments. I hope you guys can bring back weekend statements sometime. Love the show. Love the content that you guys are rocking. So, yeah, like we we used to do weekend statements on Mackie and Judd on Mondays. But we have sort of strategically we've scaled back Mackie and Judd all Minnesota sports content and we've poured our energy into these team centric shows more purple daily you'll see like we've generated a lot of bonus episodes over the past couple of years um the score north twin show has come back flagrant howls is one of our most listened to podcasts Judd's hockey show so statements was kind of an an a, like a catch all for all Minnesota sports statements and some viking stuff but we've leaned so far into the team-centric shows. I don't know. If people want us to bring it back, we could definitely bring it back, though. Yeah, it just, uh, I think I think the fun, the the part where that could fit, I should say, is at, like, the back end of, of episodes. Or, I mean, we did that, too, on this week. We kind of brought back Four Question Friday in a different way with the... Uh, with the, the hard the, count. The hard count. Thank you. I was blanking on it. The hard count, which is kind of a similar situation. I know you're asking four questions, but... Everybody hold your water. The hard count. I'm excited for next week's hard count. Uh, if if we get enough people wanting weekend statements back, we'll find a way. I did enjoy it. It it was a fun it was a fun way to sort of like get things out that, that we ordinarily wouldn't. So yeah, I wouldn't be adverse to it. We could find a way. Uh, let's see here. Ali Danani says, "Crazy hypothetical. What if the Lions defeat the 49ers? Jared Goff suffers an injury." So the Lions go to the Super Bowl with an injured Jared Goff, and Teddy Bridgewater has to start the Super Bowl and wins. How would Vikings fan? I'd I would feel super happy for Teddy if that insane hypothetical happened. Wow, 
Wow. Uh, and goes I off mean, a I'm, Super Bowl champion. I, I'm the one on this show that's very anti the Lions winning the Super Bowl. But you're pro Teddy. But I do love me some Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So that would put me in a very conflicting spot on Super Bowl Sunday. If Teddy actually had to play and played well enough in relief of Goff that the Lions won a Super Bowl, I realize small sample size alert here. But does he retire still? Yes. I think he would. Or does he say, I got some football left? I got some magic. In my Teddy arm. I got some. I am a Super Bowl champion. Damn it. And somebody would pay five million dollars for that, oh, right? God, if he yeah. if he slung it around okay, Dex, for Dex, if if Teddy can win a Super Bowl with Detroit, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins walks, and I guarantee you that Teddy Bridgewater does not only not retire, but is a Viking, is playing his home games at US Bank Stadium next season. Are you agreeable to a Lions Super Bowl championship? I'm open to it. Wow. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. But I mean, I think he's I, even if he in that weird situation that he leads the Lions to a Super Bowl win in a couple of weeks, uh, I I think he's done. He's yeah. he's accomplished a lot and or accomplished as much as he could, and I think he's done. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. That's all I got to say about this. Okay, Steve Perry. Big Steve Perry guy. I've not. I love Steve Perry. John Wellhouse wants us to bring Rick Spielman on the show. Rick, do you think he'd one. come on the show? Probably not, but it's a good question. I mean, I think he would. I bet he would. I think he would. We, I mean, okay. you, you could just well, shoot him a text. Would you shoot him a text, or would that be weird for you guys? I don't have his number. I was talking Should to Judd. Number? Okay, oh, yeah. hold on. I know that you and Rick Spielman, Declan, are Well, you, you didn't I mean, say I've you guys, old... so I thought I was like, I mean, I don't talk to Rick Spielman. I've got a number for him, but I don't know if, if it still works. I could. Or you could give it to me, and I could text in case he hates you from your lead Vikings beat writer. Well, it'd be more fun if he said "f off" or something. Sure, check in. Let's see. You know, it would, it would be a. Hey, I Rick, think it would be a, a fun episode if he came. What's on. shaking? Why couldn't you find a quarterback? <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and then he leaves. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do some digging and see if we can make that I like happen. It. I like All right, it. we got to run here. Yeah, I got great. One. Great batch of feedback from hey, you guys today. Hey, Phil, the hat. Where's it from? That's a great hat. NBA on NBC, baby. No, I know. But, like, did, did you did you buy it online? A long Instagram, time ago? targeted Instagram ad just got me. I don't even know what platform That's it was. That's a great hat. Looks like a Pac Sun potential find because I found a couple Pac Sun things that are like that. Looks like maybe a Pac Sun find. Uh, it's not from Pac Sun, but it was okay. some random like online. Nice, yeah. I've I've stooped for those. That I comes right into my, John Tesh. Like yeah. I saw that, and I'm like Tesh. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the I, ball so that I, I can go dunk it. I can't get used to Fox's college basketball having that as their I theme know. song now. I can't like I love it, but I can't adjust to it. It's going to be great when uh, the NBA Finals are behind the Peacock paywall in ten years, but they got this song back. You're not wrong. I would pay just for this song for the NBA Finals. All right, we do have to go here. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on this Friday morning live edition of Feedback Friday. It's Purple Daily where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.